another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll in sb nation lakers community it is thursday july 11th and i'm here as always with the wonderful uh jacob brood jacob last time we spoke uh we said we'll see what happens with the Kawhi leonard situation um and just a few days later at like it, it was like one o'clock in the morning your time two in the morning in the morning um it was announced that Kawhi Leonard was on his way to the Clippers who most people thought was just not an option anymore yeah that I was drifting off asleep I had Woj notifications on still at it or yeah he's the one who broke it no Haynes did I think regardless I had a bunch of them on yeah and it was one of those things where it was like I was almost asleep, and I was like, oh, well, there's one more notification. Let me just look. And, like, it was the it was the Kawhi one, obviously. The big one. And, like, yeah, I, I shot up, and I was like, all right, well, we're awake now. And <laughs> I don't even know what time I went to sleep that night. It was rough. But, yeah, that 2 in the morning to the Clippers is, like, the perfect, like, punctuation to what was like the wildest free agency <laughs> period i can remember yeah that was a I, I talked to anthony and harrison on um on their pod earlier this week i think the biggest surprise to me was probably just the fact that it was the clippers i i i think a lot of people assumed that if he wasn't going to come to la it was going to be be because he resigned with the Raptors on a short-term deal, uh, and details did come out, um, you know, since then that his deal with the Clippers is uh, two plus one, so he can opt out year three, sign a 35% max, uh, whether it's with the Clippers or elsewhere. I'd imagine it's the Clippers, but um, yeah, real exciting stuff. Um, obviously, not the scenario the Lakers wanted, but. I mean, they had $32 million in cap space, and um, I, I think, and I don't think I'm alone here, I think they made the most of that, which is more than they, they could have said last year. They, I mean, they quite literally spent every dime they had. They By the time that they, the KCP contract and the JaVale one, I believe, totaled up, they had exactly $0 in cap space left, <laughs> and then... Um, used the room exception on Avery Bradley. So in that regard, they literally used up every bit they could. But no, they definitely – I've tweeted this a couple times. They The way they spent their money this year versus last year has me asking a lot of questions about Magic Johnson and how much power he had and why he had that much power because yeah. – this team is night and this is exactly how last year's team should have been constructed. And for whatever reason, we essentially wasted a year of LeBron because we needed Lance Stevenson, I guess. I'm not even sure. And I'm, I'm not even sure Lance isn't back. We'll get to that later in the show. Um, but I think somebody in the front office saw the air guitar and said, Oh my God, Lance is so fun. Let's bring him back. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I will be. Um, so with Kawhi Leonard headed to the Clippers, um, the Lakers, even in spite of that, aren't in a terrible spot because, um, I don't know if you know this Jacob brood, but Anthony Davis and LeBron James will play for the Lakers next season. Yeah. On 2k, right? You, no, 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 no. Like, like actual NBA basketball, like they're on the team together now. If if you if you look at the Lakers official Twitter account, which I don't think you can right now because it's been down <laughs> a few minutes. Um, but they're tweeting like Anthony Davis content. And I that is still so weird to me. Wait, Anthony Davis is a, is a Laker. Yeah. Like uh, the brow, the one that 
that played for the Pelicans all those years. Like yeah. that, that one really, really good player that was being wasted away in New Orleans. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Lakers trade for him um I think last month. I don't know. It's uh, honestly all my days are blending together now, <laughs> but I think it was last month. It's uh so yeah, I think with those two guys who are pretty good, um I think the Lakers will be all right. Anytime I've gotten sad about Lonzo and Ingram and Josh Hart being off the team, I've went and watched Anthony Davis highlights. Like, can we please just fast forward to October? Because I need to see LeBron and Anthony Davis running pick and rolls like 400 times this season. Like, I am, those two are such a perfect, like, match maiden basketball heaven that, like, I need this in my life immediately. Like, any, like, scrimmage content that they're going to post, like, any videos of that, I'm going to, like, watch them on repeat because I'm so excited to watch this team. Yeah. the, the, the there And there were some rumblings. Um, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports uh, a few days ago that LeBron was going to run point. Um, Frank Vogel has since dismissed the notion that, you know, anything's been set in stone yet. But, I mean, just looking at the makeup of the roster, I think if you had to go best point guard available, you'd go with LeBron James. And then after that, it's pretty subjective. I'd personally go with Alex Caruso in that starting lineup if you can. Um, But, I mean, regardless of of who's starting next to LeBron, LeBron and AD are going to be so good. Like, Lord help whoever gets the less favorable switch between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And <laughs> to be honest, there is no favorable switch between those guys. Um, I, I saw somebody say it yesterday on Twitter, but they said, Lord help anybody who tries to take a charge from LeBron James and Anthony Davis next season. Like I it's probably going to be Marcus smart, honestly, because I, <laughs> I he, that's his go-to play. But, I'm preemptively angry about him, like, undercutting one of them while they go up for a dunk next year. Yeah. Season. Oh, God, don't even joke. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I, 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 you, you may be a little biased. We try to be as objective as possible on this pod. But uh, if you had a guess who's going to finish with a better regular season record next season, who would you put your money on? Out of the everybody in the West or between the two LA teams? No, between the two LA teams. Uh, I think I think the Clippers will. I just, I think they're deeper. Um, yeah. They there's their front court's a little thin, um, but between Beverly and Shamit and Lou Will and Harrell, like they brought back Jermichael Green, um, which was big for them. I thought yeah. that was a fantastic pickup. I really like Jermichael Green. I wish the Lakers would have been able to get him. But, yeah, I think just because they're a deeper team, um, they'll be able to rest Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know how much rest. or Well, I guess Paul George won't start this season. But regardless, I I think they'll have the better record this uh, regular season. But I will – I think the Lakers will be a better team in the playoffs. I I mean, I I think the same because, again – they have LeBron James on that team. And if you get to the playoffs, you unlock playoff Rondo, uh, which I'm I'm hoping is still a thing, because if it's not, um, why even have him on the roster? But, yeah, uh, I have a, a regular season record. Um, I think their identity is pretty clear. I don't know if they've trademarked Clamp City yet, but they really should, <laughs> um, because they're going to be a really good defensive team. Um, and they are bringing returning pieces back. The only returning pieces the Lakers are bringing back are LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, KCP, and Alex Caruso, unless I'm missing somebody. JaVale. Right, JaVale. And even those guys were only with the team for a season, and it's a new head coach. So um, I think there's something to be said about continuity and identity and I think the Clippers have that. Doc Rivers has done a really good job of instilling that. Um, so I think they're going to get the most out of their personnel. Uh, you have, you know, good veteran guys like Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. They're going to be able to help them integrate with the roster pretty seamlessly. 
so I think it'll take less time to figure out or for the Clippers to figure out how to play basketball than it will the Lakers with the brand new head coach and uh, a, a really a brand new roster. But uh, I think by the time playoffs come around, the Lakers are, are going to be a, a scary team. When you look at the rest of the Western Conference, though, um, I think it's kind of hard to peg where the Lakers will end up in the standings and, and, you know, standings dictate playoff matchups. So uh, Jacob, I thought it would be a good idea today to do some Western conference power rankings. Um, and what we're really doing is setting ourselves up to, to have our mention set up on fire because these are usually the things people have the biggest debates over because um, their team isn't high enough or they think a team's overrated um, I personally do not care, but if that is something you do care about, I apologize in advance. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm i the, the type who get mad and be like, oh, I don't care about power rankings. And then like every time somebody posts a new one, it's like, all right, time to go click and see what I need to get angry about. <laughs> all right. So let's let's start at the top of the Western Conference. Uh, who do you have at that one spot? Well, Part of the reason I believe the Clippers will finish with more wins is because I think they'll finish with the best record. Um, (laughs) They have, I mean, it's really, I just said it, it comes down to all the depth they have. I mean, um, they're going to be able to to rest some of the guys during the season. Their defense is going to be absolutely absurd when Kawhi and PG both play. Like, there's so many different kinds of options they can go with to close games. Um, and I'm, I, and like you said, another kind of underrated thing is the culture they built. They had multiple guys now at this point, take discounts to stay with the team. They've had front office people turn down other bigger roles to stay with the franchise. Like this is not even just like doc rivers on the court, but like the franchise as a whole has this culture that everybody's kind of buying into. So, um, they did everything kind of the quote-unquote right way and landed Kawhi and PG, and I think it's going to pay off with them being the one seed by the, the end of the season. And I I think the – oh, God, that team's going to be so scary, man. I And I, mm-hmm. I agree. I think I think the, the Clippers are going to be a really good regular season team. Um, and, oh, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking about that closing lineup. Um with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and probably Lou Williams starting at point guard, just going crazy in the fourth quarter, as he's been known to do. Um, That's going to be a tough team to stop. I think they're going to be really good in the regular season. I think Kawhi Leonard will be in the conversation for MVP. um, Because, I mean, looking at his resume, that's the only thing he needs left. Uh, You know, if he's not a, a basketball Hall of Famer already, I think that would cement his status. Um so, yeah, I think the Clippers come in first in the Western Conference. I think the team with arguably the best se- best offseason up until the Lakers or the Clippers signed uh, Kawhi Leonard and traded for Ball George was the Utah Jazz. And I think they'll be in that conversation for that number two seed, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. I think Bojan Bogdanovic was a really good signing. And by the way, Bojan or Bojan, I'm pretty sure it's Bojan, but... Um, he, I saw him when I was in Vegas for summer league and he is so handsome um, <laughs> in a way. I didn't think he looks, what I'm saying is he looks so much better in just like a black t-shirt and jeans than he'll ever look in a basketball Jersey. So don't sleep on Bojan. He is um, definitely a very good looking man uh, and an even better basketball player um, with the additions of Conley and, you know, they brought they brought most of their guys back. I think they still, if I'm not mistaken, they still have to waive a few guys because they have too many guaranteed contracts on the roster. Um, but they swooped up Jeff Green, uh, Ed Davis. Uh, they still have Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, if he can stay healthy, uh, a, reclama- a reclamation project, and, and Emmanuel Moutier. So uh, I think I think they're going to be a fun team. Uh, and I think they'll definitely be a very good regular season team. I will say my – I think this will be my only hot take this podcast. I have Utah second. 
I also think Bojan Bogdanovic got a little overrated by the end of this free agency. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, I see that. I think it, it's just the the premium of shooting in the NBA is just like so high, and and Bojan is so good at that that um, you know, I mean, outside of really outside of Clay Thompson, um, Bojan was probably the closest thing you can get to a rely like just somebody that can get red hot from behind the arc well and danny green and, and uh, yeah and danny Green. i look oh god i looked at his uh three-point percentage on the amount of attempts he took last season and yeah i think the lakers are, are going to be pretty all right um in that regard he shot i mean briefly aside danny green i can't i won't have the exact number but i believe it was he shot 52 percent on catch and shoot unguarded catch and shoots last year um not all necessarily threes, but considering the player he is, they're almost all certainly threes. Um, but yeah, Bojan, I think he's a great fit in Utah, so I don't really know. I mean, they can overpay for him, but he, w- I think he kind of unlocks a lot of things for him, and he's kind of the perfect piece. But boy, did they pay for him. <laughs> like $73 million, um, I believe Windhorse... I believe it was Windhorse said that the Pacers were only offering him somewhere in the neighborhood of like 55 million, 56 million is what he was going to be making. And then the Jazz were like, nah, we really need you. And just like added a ton of money to the deal and took him, nabbed him from the Pacers. So he makes sense. Um, if he, if you think he's that final piece, then go and, and make sure you lock him up. Um, and now they basically have four shooters around Rudy Gobert. Um, Mike Conley, it seems like a million years ago he was traded to the Jazz. Um, I really like that starting lineup. I have some questions about their depth, but outside of Ed Davis, who will always, I will always love Ed Davis. But And is always I, underpaid. I feel like he yeah. should have secured a sizable bag by now, but that's... I was really hoping we would sign him this off season, but um, I really like their starting lineup. And I think that that lineup is going to be really good this year. I'm just really scared about the type of leap Donovan Mitchell will make playing off ball. Like, I think he's going to be a, a very tough guard. Um, with Mike Conley being one of the focal points on offense. Um, so, yeah, Utah's going to be good. Uh, I don't know, like, even still if I take them in a seven-game series over the Lakers, uh, only because I think if you're – if you have Anthony Davis and I don't know who else um, rounds out that starting lineup, but let's just let's just assume Anthony Davis – Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James are that front court in the closing lineup. Uh, I think that's going to be hard for Utah to compete with, uh, especially given how Rudy Gobert looked in the postseason just a few months ago. So um, going to the third spot, um, I had a, I had a tough, I had a tough time picking this one. Cause I think you can make the argument that the Lakers can go as high as three and maybe even two. Um, but I have the nuggets here because as I said before, I think continuity is just a severely under. Uh, are probably the poster child for that in the NBA right now. And it's, and it's paid off for them. Um, Cause I mean, looking at their off season, who was their biggest pickup? I, I know they Grant, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. They, they just traded for him. So, um, yeah, they're a deep team. Uh, they have a ton of talent, a ton of young talent as well. And Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. Uh, and I, I, I think they'll probably be players for Andre Iguodala as well. So, uh, I hope that doesn't happen because I really want, I want him on the Lakers pretty badly. Um, but that team, I mean, they made, they made, noise in the Western conference last season. Um, where did they end up finishing? Was it second? 
that I can't tell you. I can look it up real quick. I they got so weird at the end because like the last day, like teams were flying all over the place and right. in the standings. I know. I'm pretty sure it was second because I know they were kind of battling with the Warriors for a while. Then the Warriors were like, nah, we got this. And uh, I can't confirm it was second. They finished with 54 wins. Um, and that X factor this year, um, if you can stay healthy, which is a big if as Michael Porter Jr. I'm really excited to see him play. Um, I'm not super confident he'll be able to stay healthy only because um seems like everybody in his family has torn an MCL or ACL, including like the spare ones they have. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not a great look for them, but I, I really hope Michael Porter jr. Um, you know, can, can play close to a full season next season. If again, like you said, big, if, if Michael Porter jr. Is the player that we all thought he'd be, then the, I would say that they'd be the one seed because he kind of just takes him to the next level. But right. Um, right now, even if he's just kind of an average player, that may, that means that they're too deep at every position. Um, which, again, when you're talking regular season, depth is huge. The Jeremy Grant trade was perfect for them. Um, kind of taking, taking, taking advantage of the Thunder... I guess they're going to blow it up, it seems like. So that was a great get for them. Um, but, yeah, I really liked Michael Porter Jr. He didn't play hardly at all. But if he um, is able to get on the court and be the player he was in high school, that team will be really, really, really fun and also really, really, really scary. Yeah. I. Um. And at four, looking at your power rankings and mine, we both have the Lakers at four. And, Jacob, I want you to take a moment and make an argument uh, for the Lakers at four as opposed to a team like the Rockets, uh, Warriors, or Trailblazers who have enjoyed more playoff success in the past than the Lakers have in several years. Well, I mean, with each of those teams – I guess mainly Portland and Golden State, they're going through pretty pretty big changes. Portland kind of just – they didn't blow it up, but they just traded everything they could, it felt like. For who, and Jacob? Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that's your argument for why they they shouldn't be the four seed because Hassan Whiteside is going to be playing large minutes for that team. I don't, I, I don't understand that trade. I don't either. Um their lineup's going to be really weird now. Like, I don't know. I'm not crazy about that roster that they have, but Dame and CJ are so good that, um, I mean, we've seen before they could carry him to a four seed. Um, Golden State's also kind of weird that, like, I don't know what to really expect. I know it's going to be really fun watching D'Lo and Steph, but, like, his Alfonso McKinney, they're starting small forward next year. Yeah, I mean that is a that is a very valid question. Um, who else did they pick up? They got Glenn they are, Robinson the third. Maybe Alec Burks is a yeah. small forward, Ugh. like, or I mean I don't know. There, it's going to be a really weird lineup, and definitely a lot different than what they've um, had in the past. I mean, once Clay gets back, then I assume he just starts at small forward, and that lineup will be. Um, way more interesting, but <sighs> trading Iggy. I mean, I realized at some point you were going to have to do it, but man, that leaves our lineup in a really weird space. I'm really excited to see what Steph's going to be able to do this year. Cause he's going to have to carry so much of the load. Yeah. I, I think I, I am too, but my only concern is that he'll, be subjected to the type of defense he saw in the postseason when when Clay and KD were hurt, um, which there aren't a ton of teams that can defend stuff the way the Raptors did. Uh, to be fair, but I think it is going to be really tough on Steph um, to put up those types of numbers without those options available to him. Um, and you can make the argument that D'Angelo Russell will make things a little easier on him, but I think the one thing we learned in the postseason. 
is that Steph Curry has a pretty hard time passing out of double teams. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably his biggest weakness. And I'd be interested to see how he responds this season. Uh, and until Clay gets back, I think they're just a giant question mark. Um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but I have them as low as, as seven on my on my power ranking. So that's what I think about their roster. I have them fifth behind the Lakers, mainly because I think, well, one, it might be me loving my son D'Lo. Um, <laughs> but, I'll, I mean, I think Steph on high usage could put up some absolutely absurd numbers this year. Um, they still have Draymond. I They brought back Looney on a, relatively speaking, really small deal. Yeah, and Willie Cauley-Stein, which is... I love, yeah. Shame on you, NBA, for letting them scoop up, like, two of the top ten centers on, on the market this summer. Yeah, so I like a lot of what they did. If I mean, really, small forward's just such a glaring weakness for them. If they can figure something out, like maybe McKinney makes a jump, I don't mm-hmm. know. A lot, but I mean, right now, a lot of the reason I have them fifth is because Steph and D'Lo are still going to be a lot of fun offensively, and they're going to be able to put up points and keep them in ball games. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I saw Jacob Evans at summer league, uh, and he looked pretty good, but I don't know if like inserting him into the starting lineup could. Um, so after the Lakers. You said you had the Warriors at five. I have the Trailblazers. Uh, we already talked about the roster construction being weird. The most concerning thing for me with them, similar to the Warriors with that three spot, uh, is what they plan on doing at the four. Uh, because even when Nurk gets back, Nurkic will probably play the four with Hassan Whiteside at the five, just going oh. full-blown twin towers in the in oh. the paint there. Uh, and beyond that, you have... Zach Collins as their only true big. Uh, and then they're going to have to experiment with lineups uh, with Mario Hazonia at the four, Robin Ugh. Hood at the four. Yeah, it's uh, not a nice year. Little will probably play a lot of four this year, too. Right. And, and that's assuming he gets playing time uh, and is good enough to to get that. I mean, well, I, honestly, even if he's not good enough, we'll probably see some playing time there, um, which is not ideal for them. And I think going up against the front court or a few front courts in the Western Conference, but namely the Lakers uh, in the names they have in the front court with DeMarcus Cousins, JaVale McGee, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, um, Jared Dudley to a lesser extent. But I mean, even I think Dudley is probably better than. Like almost everyone in in the Blazers front court except mm-hmm. Nurkic and Whiteside, so he would have made a. They would have got him to play that four. I'd be I'd feel a lot different about that. Yeah, uh, Blazers team. Um, at six I have the Rockets, and I know the Rockets are are trying to do some roster shuffling and make one more impact signing, um, this off season. But I mean, even if they do that rumored three-team deal involving Russ. Um, that's going to leave their roster so barren. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, given the amount of options that are on the market right now, I just don't see them getting over the hump and being a top-five team in the Western Conference this year. I don't know if that's a hot take, because James Harden still plays for them, uh, and he's a very good basketball player. Um but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might be a little recency bias. But against the Warriors, I just I, it's really, really hard for me to buy into them as a contender. The, the thing I was – I keep coming back to, I don't know how it's going to play out. They did just about everything they could to trade Capella this summer for some right. reason. If you're Clint Capella, how do you come back to this team in October and like fully commit to to like the franchise? Like maybe he's a better man than I. Um, yeah. They're still paying him a lot of money to play basketball, so maybe he can do it in that regard. I can't believe Capella. Ha- there hasn't been more coming out about him being kind of upset at the fact that they tried to trade him for 
I don't. I'm not sure why. I know. I know a lot of Laker fans don't like him, but Bill Simmons made the point that like, I think sometimes we get too caught up in like Clint Capella couldn't play against the Warriors. That Warriors team is also one of the greatest teams ever assembled. So like maybe don't blow up your team because you can't beat one of the greatest teams ever. And this is still a really good starting five. It's just I they have no depth at all. That's a re- I have them seventh. I I mean you have to account for Chris Paul's annual injury. Um and then at that point they have about seven guys, which I guess for Mike D'Antoni that's all he needs, but that means that they're going to wear down by the end of the year. They'll probably make some some nice signings and whatnot. I really like Shamri Pons, but I don't know how much he'll really get to play. This team just has no depth, and they're trying to get rid of the depth that they do have to bring in Russ. I'm just not crazy about what they're doing and the way they're going. I mean, they committed. They went for it in, like, Nine out of ten scenarios, they probably beat the the Warriors two years ago, and they have a title, and this is all worth it. None of that played out that way, and now they're going to be in a really bad situation. And I think this is the year they really start to take a step back. Yeah, and I at no point do I think they ever consider trading James Harden. But I mean, if they don't do something this summer, I think they start. Uh, they they make a move. I don't know for who. I don't know who they give up, but I think they start to feel the pressure. And the funniest thing I think about when I look at this roster's team and everything they've been through is that so much of the narrative around them could have been avoided if they just signed, re-signed Trevor Ariza. Like, mm-hmm. they've made all of these drastic moves all because they didn't bring Trevor Ariza back. They're, they've been trying to fill that hole ever since. I think that's really funny. Um so as as far as the top seven teams go, we have uh, agreed that the Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Lakers, Trailblazers, Rockets, and Warriors will be in the postseason next season. Where things really start getting interesting to me is that eighth spot. Um, and to me, I think the team that has the best chance of making a push for that eighth spot is the, is the Sacramento Kings. They came... They didn't come that close last season. Let's be honest. Um, I know they Kings, were for a while, and right, they just kind of imploded when we did, but we had all the attention. Yeah, they they had so the Clippers ended up with forty eight wins, uh, and the Kings finished with the, at the ninth seed with thirty nine. Um, the the thing I'm most excited about, Darren Fox, obviously made a made a pretty big leap next or last season. He kind of slowed down towards the tail end of the season. I don't think that was talked about enough, if we're being honest. Um, I know a lot was made about, like, Darren Fox is making this giant leap while Lonzo Ball is just coasting. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's fair. Lonzo didn't make the leap everybody thought he'd make last season. I thought he showed some improvement, but not to the extent Darren Fox did. Um, but, I mean, aside from Darren Fox, I think – the biggest X factor for them is obviously going to be Marvin Bagley. Um, after the all-star break, something just clicked for him. And he looked like the guy that was drafted with the number two overall pick. Um, and I think he's going to be really, a really big part of everything they do next season. I was a big, big fan of that Dwayne Dedman pickup they made. Um, they added Trevor Ariza, albeit to an inflated contract. Um, and they re-signed Harrison Barnes for so much money. Um, like, ugh, a lot of money. I don't. I, Harrison Barnes has no business making that kind of money in 2019. But, I mean, in spite of all the good things they've, they've done over the past few seasons, the Kangs still got a Kangs. So, um, I mean, that's the, that's the argument. I mean, I don't have them. I have them all the way down. Or I have them in ninth, so one spot lower. Mm-hmm. I like their core. It always felt weird to, like, I always kind of secretly liked uh, De'Aaron Fox, but it felt weird to root for him because it felt like I was thus rooting against Lonzo. Yeah. Um, I can openly admit it now. <laughs> I like De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> um, I liked the core they had. 
and then they just went out and I think just made too many signings. Like, 538 put out yesterday their top 10 most overpaid free agents based on their kind of Carmelo values. Harrison Barnes was first and Trevor Ariza was third. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you bring back Barnes. That's whatever. I like the Deadman signing, but then also signing Rachon Holmes means that Bagley and Harry Giles have less playing time. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich now moves to the bench. Like, they just kind of – they just did too much this summer. And, like, and yet I still like their core enough that I still think that there's a pretty good chance that they're going to fight for that eight seed. Um, and – but, man, just one summer, just don't Kangs. Like, if, all you had to do this <laughs> summer was just, like, maybe sign – like, I wasn't – I'm not crazy about Harrison Barnes. I, I will admit that I really wanted the Lakers to sign him the first time he was a free agent. Um, even if they had just signed him to that contract, like I could have written it off as like he is a good fit in what they do in Sacramento. I could have written it off as that, but then like also bring in Ariza, also bring in Deadman, also bring in Holmes. Like I'm just not crazy about it. And I don't know. I mean, the team was fun. If Fox and Heald keep taking steps forward and Bagley and Giles as well, like maybe none of that matters and they'll just play over the guys anyway. But, I mean, I think they had a real good chance to, like, take a big step forward with the right signings this summer. And then they did the exact opposite. Well, I mean, in the Kings' defense, they have to convince players to play in Sacramento. (laughs) <laughs> which is not easy. I went there for a journalism conference one time and um, just say, I won't be going back anytime soon <laughs> unless I absolutely have to. Um, well, so, so who do you have at that eighth spot then? Well, I mean, Laker fans will probably like this, but I have the Pelicans. Um, I loved everything they did this off season. Like David Griffin absolutely hit it out of the park. Yeah. Um, I, I joked at summer league, um, that they won the trade is strictly because of that Jackson Hayes dunk. That oh my was God. the most vicious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, yeah. Like if he's it's summer league, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like right. if he's legit, like, Holy cow, this, the core they have is like absolutely absurd. Yeah. Like as it is now, they probably go too deep at every position it's just not quite as much talent as like a Denver has too deep at every position. But mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers know pretty much everybody that's on that, that roster. They got JJ Reddick to a really affordable contract. I thought I was stunned that he went to the Pelicans. Um, I think probably uh, my guess there is that he was probably just getting a ton of one year deals and the, the Pelicans through two year a two-year guaranteed, like, fully guaranteed deal at him. So it's probably the difference maker there. And it makes a ton of sense. He fits the biggest need that they have, yeah. which is outside shooting. And he's a great locker room guy. Same with Derek Favors. It's another great trade. Um, Favors is exactly what they needed next to Zion. They had a huge hole at center, and he steps in, and he'll um, almost certainly start. And he'll be great for him. And he's also an expiring. Um, I re- I just loved what they did this offseason. Maybe maybe it's me loving the Lakers core a little too much. But I think that team is, even if they're not a playoff contender this year, like they're going to be very, very soon. Like that's a really, really good young core they have that is going to be competing for the playoffs for a very long time, I think. Yeah, man, I think that all starts with um, with Lonzo. Um, I, I think he's gonna Lonzo and Ingram are gonna be so good under Alvin Gentry. I think, um, like, granted, they played pretty fast under Luke Walton and they looked good, but I think Gentry. I can say pretty confidently that Gentry is a better coach than Luke Walton. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm really excited to see what they'll do with the change of scenery. Health is a big thing with Lonzo as it is with Ingram. Uh, but if they can stay healthy and and 
you know, take on more prominent roles than they were with the Lakers. I think they're primed for a, for a really big step. I have them personally as a team that just miss, misses out on the playoffs. Uh, I have them at 10 with the Spurs over them at 9. I have an irrational faith that the Spurs will be competitive just because, I don't know, they always seem to. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs last season. and I, I don't know. They ended up there somehow. They didn't so. want to make the playoffs, judging by how they finished Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I have one more before we roast the Spurs, which I'm all in. One more uh, New Orleans fact. This was from David Fisher, who is the associate editor at the Bird Rights, the Pelicans SB Nation site. Zion Williamson will play with more first-round picks still on their rookie deal on opening night five than Anthony Davis did in seven years in New Orleans. Which was two. Oh, God. Poor. Walk up Dell Demps. Like, yeah. People. That, it is absurd. People, like, oh, God. I've seen so many Pelicans fan accounts just tweet. What are the. Or what are the Lakers thinking? Thinking they can compete with basically the same roster the Pelicans had with, with Rondo and Boogie. And it's just like, listen, dude. They have LeBron James on the roster. One significant difference. Right. LeBron James is the best player Anthony Davis has ever played for by a lot. And um, I think this is uh, – I've been a fan of a few Pelicans teams, um, namely the one that actually made the postseason. (laughs) I thought they were were a good team, but – I think even without seeing them play a single game, I think I can fairly confidently say this will be the best team LeBron James – or sorry, that Anthony – not LeBron James. Boy, that that's a hot take. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I was going to say, damn. <laughs> I think this is the best team Anthony Davis has played on ever, and seeing him, seeing what he'll be able to do with LeBron James excites me so much. Like, AD doesn't have an MVP yet. He's – come close near near the top when it comes to voting. Um, and if, Le, if there's any truth to LeBron James saying like, I'm willing to take a step aside and let these, like let the next generation of superstars uh, take center stage. Anthony Davis is going to be damn near unguardable next season. And I am really looking forward to that. Um, and I hope it kills Pelicans fans to, to see what, <laughs> what they brought up and and uh, seeing him blossom on another team, which is gonna honestly gonna be the same feeling Lakers fans yeah. have to a lesser extent with the Pelicans. Let's say I can't make fun of him too much because we're gonna have to do the same thing watching Lonzo and those guys. I yeah, I mean not shockingly, I think they're all gonna do really well in New Orleans. I think Alvin Gentry will be a great coach for for the that Lakers core. Yeah. All right. So um, I think it would be kind of mindless to just go down the rest of the Western Conference. Uh, so I'll just list mine off starting from nine. So the Spurs, um, who despite having DeMar DeRozan on the roster, will be pretty competitive. Um, <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge is on that contract, too. That's just really big. It's a big contract. I like LaMarcus and all. He lit the Lakers up pretty hard last season. Um, and the only guy that managed to stop him was Jonathan Williams, um, who is no longer on the roster. It was so weird seeing him in a Rockets uniform at Summer League because he's with their Summer League team along with Trevon Duvall, the best basketball player that never was. Um, womp womp. Yeah, at 10, I have the Pelicans, uh, the Timberwolves at 11. And I'd just like to, to, to take a minute to talk about the Timberwolves because poor Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> um, I thought putting them at 11 was generous. Uh, and the only reason I have them at 11 is because they have some veterans on that team uh, that know what they're doing. But beyond that, there is no reason to believe that the Timberwolves are going to be like a half-decent team next season. Um. I don't know that any team's fan base went from, like, one extreme to the other as much as the Timberwolves did because it went from, like, it seemed very, very likely that they were going to get 
D'Angelo, mm-hmm. and then like snap of a finger, not only do they not get D'Angelo, they also lose Tyus Jones, who I really really like, and that was an affordable contract I thought, and they, I mean I like I like the Layman signing, I like the Jordan Bell signing, but I don't like pretty much the rest of the roster. Yeah. I'm not crazy about Teague next to Wiggins. I'm not crazy about Wiggins period. I really I like Robert Covington, but I mean I like Jarrett Culver, but I mean I love every- Yeah, I love Jarrett Culver. That's that's the only reason I think honestly I have him so high is cuz I don't know if he'll have a Donovan Mitchell type year because I don't think he's that polished offensively. Yeah. Uh but he'll definitely be an impact player from day one. So I'm excited about that. I think he that. will be good. I just think it'll take a little bit of time. But yeah. that, man, poor Timberwolves fans. Yeah. Pour one out because that is <laughs> a rough, rough summer that they went through. It went from like, we're going to get rid of Wiggins and get D'Lo to uh, we're going to lose Tyus Jones and get Noah Vonley. Yeah. The only uh, – um... The only hope I saw for them was dumping Wiggins to like Toronto in the aftermath of the Kawhi Leonard trade only because um, I think Nick Nurse is going to try to pull a fast one on Raptors fans because Andrew Wiggins also has braids. So, uh, <laughs> but that didn't end up happening. Uh, I also thought like jokes aside, I thought Ibaka would have been a pretty interesting fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, whatever we got, I, I have the Mavericks at 12. Um, and I think ugh, I hated their offseason. And I know, according to a few Mavericks fans I talked to at Summer League, they hated the offseason, too. I think they punted some of their cap space, of which they had, I think, $12 million left. Um, so I'm sorry if you root for that poverty franchise. Um, Are you suggesting the Mavericks went for a big free agent and missed? <laughs> I mean, I've they, I mean, never they seen signed, this before. They signed uh, what was left of Christoph Porzingis. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess you could say that was their big free agent pickup. I hope he's healthy. Not sure he will be because he's like eight feet tall and 120 <laughs> pounds. So, uh, I mean, they got Boban. So, oh, I mean, oh, and that was probably the uh, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Oh, Bobby, Bobby and, and Toby. Toby. Yeah. yeah. Separate. I'll, for no other reason than that, I think Boban should have had a spot on the Sixers roster, but whatever. I guess they're trying to compete or whatever. <laughs> I will say I really liked Seth Curry, and I really wanted them to get him. But other than that, I pretty much hated everything about their offseason. Yeah, and they have Tim Hardaway Jr., which is <sighs> not great. Um. At 13, I have the Suns. Uh, I don't feel too confident about that. I think 13, 14, 15. Who, uh, well, before I go on, who, who are your bottom three teams in the Western Conference? So I would imagine our main difference, I have Dallas 13, Phoenix 14, and Memphis 15. But I have OKC high up because I'm just assuming as of right now that they don't trade Russ. Like if they oh, okay. trade Russ, then they're going to be – one of those three worst teams. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, I would if like assuming they trade Russ, whew, they might be the worst team. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Depends on what they get back, but they will definitely be one of the three worst teams in the Western Conference. I don't know that I could put them on Phoenix and Memphis levels of bad, but that's going to be an awful roster. Uh, well, once they finally do trade Russ. I just I don't know what they do with the rest of the pieces on that team. Um, like I doubt I I try to ship Stephen Adams for whatever you can get as soon as possible. Um, I don't see a move like that happening until the trade deadline. But like even then, yeah, they're gonna be bad. I have them at 14th. The Suns at 13th, which I think is a little high. Um. Again, 13 through 15 is a toss-up for me. I love the Grizzlies' young core with everything in my heart because they got mm-hmm. John Morant, uh, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAnthony Melton from that Phoenix trade, which I think he's going to be a sneaky good pickup for them. Uh, and they just picked up Tyus Jones. 
So I think they're going to be really fun. I think they're going to be the most fun 17 win team we've seen in a really long time. Um, <laughs> and this, the Suns are just going to be, I feel so bad for Suns fans that, I mean, I understand they had to make that Phoenix trade to get like to clear the cap for Ricky Rubio, but to trade, I don't know that they had to necessarily. Yeah. I don't know if they had to include the pieces they did, Yeah, but to, to trade, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren, and DeAnthony Melton, and having your return be like Javon Carter and Cash, unless I'm in the ability to sign Ubre, basically is what right. Who did who did who did they get back? Oh, in sorry, Warren trade. Right, okay. Well, I don't know if it was that trade, but they I don't think they got anything in the TJ Warren trade. Like the the report was that like when they offered TJ Warren and the 32nd pick for to the Pacers like the Pacers thought it was a joke like (laughs) that's how bad of a trade it was like that's never a great sign that a front office thinks you're joking with them when you offer a trade so like if they would (laughs) they could have had a good team like if they just held on to TJ Warren and like figured out a different way to be able to sign Rubio, like dump Tyler Johnson or something. Yeah. Like I would like that team so much more, but right now I'm not crazy about that team. (laughs) Like I think Rubio is a decent fit next to Booker, but everything else about that team is blah. They just went all in on size because they have Cameron Johnson, Aaron Baines, DeAndre Ayton, Frank Kaminsky. Cameron Johnson. I forgot that they uh, they actually tanked a full year to draft Cameron Johnson. Right. And I think <laughs> that that Kobe White reaction, like although his intentions were a little different, I think like his reaction was everybody's reaction. It's like Cameron he Johnson was, was drafted yeah. that high. He was a little more he was happier than we were. Like yeah. we were saying the same words just like in completely different tones. Like he was like thrilled his friend was drafted and we were like wait cameron johnson like the guy from unc went went that high like oh my god i could not imagine being a suns fan having to suffer through that whole year of tanking where like you're sitting booker and like stuff like that and then drafting cameron johnson as a result and they're just they're they're trapped in mediocrity which is ultimately what's going to lead booker out of of that team and i feel so bad saying that because you look at small market teams um you know even contending teams contending teams like the milwaukee buck uh there's no guarantee that Giannis will be there in two years um which is i'm sure what the lakers had in mind when they were signing dudes to two-year deals um it's it's a little disheartening but it's also up i mean the bucks are the prime example of a small market team doing everything they can to make their superstar feel appreciated. I mean, they signed his brother, who's not very good at basketball, to a guaranteed deal uh, to to keep him happy. So, I think it's it's it, there's a better chance Giannis will be in Milwaukee in two years, and Booker will be in Phoenix in two years. Yeah, hundred percent. He, I'm stunned that Booker signed the extension that he did. I mean, I guess it was a lot of money. It's hard to say no to that, but yeah, he is. <clears throat> they are. Like, I, I, I do think there is an advantage, or I guess a disadvantage, to being a small market team. But also, the Phoenix Suns have just been horribly managed and have no right to complain about being a small market team. Like, they have just made every terrible decision possible. I just looked this up while you were talking. Devin Booker is eight months younger than Cameron Johnson. That uh, is not great. <laughs> considering the amount of amount of wins they had last season, that's horrible. It, a lot of it has been bad luck, but it, a lot of it has also been just bad drafting. Well, and, and uh, the fact that they signed Trevor Ariza and Tyson Chandler to massive contracts, yeah, and then immediately bought out Tyson Chandler and traded Trevor Ariza for. Well, I guess they got Uber, but still. Yeah. Well. <sighs> that's. I mean, that's how we see the Western Conference shaking up. It could. It could be totally wrong, but I. I, I think. For the most part, I'm pretty confident in my picks, um, particularly at the top three with the Clippers, Jazz, and Nuggets. Again, I think the Lakers can break through. There's just so many unknown commodities on that team, uh, whether it's with Frank Vogel, 
Marcus Cousins, uh, Avery Badley, who Lakers fans are banking on returning to the form he was he had with the Boston Celtics all those years. Um, and it, but before we go, I think we should talk about Bradley a little bit. Um, I didn't mind that signing so much. I think if that room exception could have been used for Andre Iguodala, I would have super loved that. But the Lakers still have one more roster spot uh, available. And from what we've read, Iggy has a pretty good relationship with Polinka. So hopefully that bridge leads to somewhere. Um, but the biggest thing with Bradley uh, is going to be defending guards. Like even if he can't shoot, which I mean, if the last two seasons are any indicator of where he's at as a shooter now, he can't. Um, but if he can defend ones and twos, that's really all they need him to do. Cause outside of Danny green and Alex Caruso, who on that roster can you trust to guard the best player on the floor, whether it's Dame, CJ, Steph, clay. Um, and like, honestly, to a lesser extent, drew holiday and, and Zo. the, further we get away from the Avery Bradley signing, the more I like it, which may, I mean, it's entirely possible that uh, that's just me talking myself into it. Um, But the only complaint I would have, I just wanted that room exception to be able to sign, whether it be Iggy or just be able to offer more money to a buyout in season. Um, But I mean, say we get Iggy on a minimum deal or something like that. Like, I would obviously be fine with it then. Um, it, I guess it depends on what version of Avery Bradley we're going to get. Because, like, the one that played 14 games in Memphis was really good and looked like the version of Avery Bradley that was in Boston. But the one that played however many games with the Clippers was really, really bad and also did a lot of the play types that the Lakers – are probably going to put him in as well. Yeah. If um, there's if there's one thing I didn't like about Avery Bradley signing is that the dozen of Clippers fans I know um, just hated him. Like they mm-hmm. hated watching him play basketball. Um, and I have a ton of dudes in my mention just telling me like I, I tweeted out the Lakers' biggest need with that last roster spot is a wing defender that can guard multiple positions with like. Somebody that can guard two through four is, I know, like signing somebody like that is easier said than done. Um, but I just got a ton of replies from dudes saying like, uh, well, actually, Avery Bradley is a wing defender. And it's just like, dude, you He's heard like that. He's like a backcourt defender. Right. You heard that two, three years ago when like yeah. he was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Just now... I don't know what to think about him. I think the the sliver of optimism I have with that signing is there's a chance that playing under Frank Vogel, Lionel Hollins, all those dudes, and maybe even Ron Adams, who has been credited as the mastermind behind the Golden State Warriors defensive scheme. Still no update on that, by the way. Um, having him play under that mindset on a championship contender uh, I think there's a good chance he'll have a bounce back year. No guarantee he does, which is why I have them in the middle of the pack of that playoff picture because uh, the Lakers are, are banking on a lot of uh, things that are far from certain, uh, including but not limited to Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma being good three-point shooters. Man, I just can't get out of my head. Um like if we sign Iggy, that's just so perfect. Like yeah, like a like the definition of a perfect signing for them. Yeah, like just Memphis quit playing hardball. Nobody's gonna trade for Iggy's like eighteen million dollar contract. Like just buy him out, do the right thing, and let Iggy come to the Lakers, and then let me get excited about like a Iggy, Danny Green, Kuz, LeBron, AD closing lineup for a couple more months now that would be phenomenal and uh jacob thanks as always for hanging out and thank you all for listening to yet another episode of can you dig it i used to know the amount of episodes we've done i don't now which is probably (laughs) a good sign because once you get to the amount of episodes where you don't know which one 
is which. Uh, I think you're in a good position. So thank you all for your continued support and listening. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing this podcast, and I think Jacob has been a tremendous addition. So, Jacob, thank you, um, and we will see you all next week.